uh, open our Bibles today to Matthew 12 and uh, look at some different things. You know, I was uh, looking at, uh, well, the title actually is called Matters of the Heart. And uh, how many know that it's your heart that God looks at? It's your heart the Word tries. It's your heart that believes. It's your heart that forgives. It's your heart that loves. It's, it's out of your heart that all these good things come because it's out of God's heart that you got them. Amen? Um, out of God's heart is where all the goodness of God flows from, and it's where He receives, too. He, want, he, he is a God of love, and everything that He produces is out of love. And He wants us to do the same thing, but it's out of His heart, the very heart of God that He gives. What did He say? He said, For God so loved, out of His heart He brought forth Jesus. And out of his heart, he sent Jesus to die for us because he loved us. Because that's where, heart, that's where love is. is the heart. And the God is love. And uh, so in our heart is, is a very important thing because what we have in our heart is what we're going to produce. Amen? Amen. You know, and so you know, many times if you're producing things you don't like, <laughs> right? Okay, let me rephrase that. Sometimes when I'm producing things in my life that I don't like, I change what I'm putting in my heart. Amen? Because if you're producing things that are unfruitful, if you're producing things that are hurtful, that aren't good, they're not God. Amen? Um, you know, you can have people that say, well, I just told them that because they needed to hear it. If, you, if it did not produce... Love, if it did not produce peace, joy, if it did not produce something good in the hearer, then it wasn't told as God would have told it. Amen? It's, the truth in love can be given, right? But the truth, just speaking the truth, out of a wrong heart, will not produce good fruit. Amen? And we are a people that are built. We are, God, we are giver children of a giver God. Lover children of a lover God. We are, we are here to produce good things, good fruit. Not just in our own lives, but in the lives of people around us. Your, your walk with God should produce good fruit in other people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We better get some scripture, man. All right, here we go. Matthew 12, verse 34. Says, generation of vipers. If Jesus calls you viper, no, you need to change something right there, right then. I mean, you're talking about love incarnate, and he called somebody a viper. This is this is truth, right here. And he's like, you brood of vipers. They they should have just got on the carpet right there. If how can you, being evil, speak good things? What's he saying? He's saying. It is an impossibility for you that are evil for good things to come out of your heart. How do I know? Because of the next part of the verse says it says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it doesn't matter what they're saying, because if you're saying it, you could say the nicest thing in the world, but if it doesn't come out of your heart, it's no good. It's not valuable. <laughs> Remember what Jesus said? He said, these people honor me with their lips, but what's far from me? Their heart. Words without heart, no value. Okay? Or with the wrong heart. An evil heart. In verse 35, though, this is where we talk, they talk about us. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings forth good things. A good man, out of good treasure... Good treasure. What's a treasure? Treasure something that's valuable. Treasure something other people want. Right? And a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, if you've put the right things in, if you're, if you're saying the right things, if you're saying the right things for the right reason. In other words, if I'm just flattering you, then I'm not saying it for the right reason. I'm trying to get something from you. But if I'm just telling you, if I'm speaking good about you because I love you and I know the Lord loves you and I want the good to come out of me and the good to come out of you, then now it's a treasure and its value is great. 
And that's what he's saying, out of the good treasure. It's not an evil treasure. It's a good treasure. It's something to be stored and valued. It's something to be taken and, and given. And, and it shouldn't just stop at you. It should be distributed through you. Amen? You don't need good fruit just to eat. Right? Right? Like if somebody tells me how good their chocolate chip cookies are all the time and they never give me any, I'll never know. Right? <laughs> if somebody tells me how good God is, but they never share His goodness with me, then, then where am, how, how are they going to know? We're put here to share His goodness. And what we put in our heart and what we give out to others is what we have in us. And if we have a good treasure, then what we have in us is very valuable. And, and it's to be desired. And everywhere we go, we produce good things. Right? It's not just in your house. If it's just in your house that the good things are happening, then they're really not good things. They're just things. They're not good until other people recognize God's goodness in them. Does that make sense to everybody? Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. Until we recognize the God in something, there's no good in it. A good treasure is something God gave us and put in our hearts. The ability to forgive is one of the greatest treasures you will ever have. People of the world do not have it. Do you realize Jesus told the Pharisees or whoever it was asking him, he said, he said Moses, Moses said you could divorce. What do you say about this? And Jesus said, Moses said that because your hearts were hard. What was he saying? He said, you didn't have the ability to forgive. Hmm? <laughs> okay. Jesus, we now have the very love of God, where? Shed abroad in our hearts. We have the greatest treasure ever given that produces only good things in our heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everywhere we go, the abundance of good that is put in us, the abundance of love that is in us should come out and go forth and should create good things. If you go to somebody and bad things are happening, you should be able to produce good things for them to see. And then, in the same time, putting good, it'll put something good in them to produce out of. Right? Everybody ain't got a Bible. But if the Word of God comes out of your heart, it can go in theirs. Amen? Glory to God. We're put here to produce good fruit. We're put here to produce good things, but it's out of our heart. So how important is our heart to God? Amen? Our heart must be very important to God because it's where He chose for us to store up the greatness of Him. Amen? His love, His mercy, His grace. Every quality of God comes out of Him into your heart through you to others. That's the only way it's distributed. Right? Thank you, Lord. And so what do we want to do with our hearts? We want to protect them all the time. We want to protect our hearts, and we want to make sure what's going in our hearts is the things that produce good things, which means it always must be a good treasure. What are the things that try to steal those treasures? What happens, what happens to people that we get off track? Anybody in here ever got off track? You know, I remember one time, in fact, as I was telling the story this morning, when I first started teaching Bible studies, I actually didn't start teaching them. I went to one. And my wife came home and she said, my boss is having a Bible study tonight. You want to go? And I said, no, absolutely not. Don't want to go. Don't want to go to a Bible study. I want to sit here and watch TV. As a matter of fact, don't want to go to a Bible study. <laughs> and she said, let me tell you again, my boss... The boss I work for is having a Bible study. Would you like to go? And I thought, we're in major debt that I've put us in because I've trusted on the arm of Dave. 
We really could use your job. I should go to Bible study, right? Reason no got me there, yes. <laughs> so we went to Bible study. <laughs> and one thing I've always believed is God's good. And I've never looked at the Word any other way. And if I did, my mom would come and beat me until I saw it differently. <laughs> but I went to this Bible study, and uh, they started talking about some things, some very traditional beliefs, and I started talking. And stuff started coming out of me. Now, before this Bible study, you got to remember, I was in major trouble, so I was in the Word of God every day. Why? What do people in trouble do? They get in the Word of God. Right? Unfortunately, we wait till we've made such a huge mess that we have to have God to fix it because we can't fix it anymore. And I had made such a huge mess. I mean, I had a business that bankers just laughed at. They said, well, <laughs> don't come to us. Go to the lawyer that writes up bankruptcy papers because you're going to need them. And I had made such a huge mess. And I saw, so I mean, I was, this was back when cassettes were still, I mean, everybody remember cassettes? They weren't that long ago, were they, man? We listened to them day and night and night and day. Everything we could get our hands on. Why? Because I had to keep my head from thinking everything bad in the world. I mean, where am I getting my paycheck? I'm going to lose my house, the IRS, blah, 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 blah. I mean, anybody ever been in this situation? It's yucky. So I, I had the word going in all the time. I mean, night, day, when I got home, I, I got in front of the TV, put in a video. I mean, all the time is the only way I could keep my mind from thinking wrong things. Hmm? If, you've been, if you're in trouble, I'm going to give you advice. Do that. Because it's better than thinking wrong things. Amen? And uh, so anyway, uh, I had tons of word. In, and, and when they, they started talking in this Bible study, the word started coming out of me. I mean, stuff I didn't I'm like... Mom, where are you? I thought she was throwing her voice through me. Because this word started pouring out, and it was truth, and it was love, and the people were hearing it, and you could see their vision of God changing, just, just five or six people in this Bible study. But you could see their vision of God changing, because out of the abundance of my heart, what I had been putting in began to start coming out of me, and it began to be, have value now. It didn't have the kind of value that it, it, it was great for me because it kept me from worrying. So it had that value. But now it got its truest value. The love now came from me and went to somebody else. You know how happy that makes God when He puts love in you and you bring up that love through you and give it to someone else? Oh, that's God's, that's the, that's God's vision right there. He loves to love people through you. Amen? And, and this word that I had put in me that its value became true that day. And I began to teach Bible study after Bible study. I think we had four or five, maybe even six going at one time after that because we got excited and we got a passion for what was in us. Amen? And we began to go anywhere. Anybody that would listen, we would tell them how good God was. In fact, is we had a bunch of that, what you call zeal without knowledge. Man, we, we <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked when we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but we wanted people to know. Glory to God, and He had mercy on us. And he's still growing me up. I still talk when I shouldn't. So. <laughs> but it was what He put in my heart that had value. And I thank God that it was protected and that I had it for that time. In, Ma in uh, Luke 21.6, how many believe we're, we're in the end times? We've been in the end times since the day Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. He said it. Jesus said it. He said, you're in the end times. Right? So if we have another 2,000 years, we'll still be in the end times 2,000 years from now. Guess what? We'll still be in heaven. You really, you know, you get a lot of people say, I want to be here when Jesus comes back. He's coming back for you one way or the other. <laughs> he will come get you. Yeah. Or you'll go to him, I should say. It's going to happen. But, uh, you know, we've been in these end times. And uh, it's easy did I say 6? Luke 21, 26, I'm sorry. And in the end times, it's important to keep your heart. Because what you can't have as a Christian 
is a failing heart. It says in Luke 21, 26, men's hearts failing them for fear. Then there's a comma. Not for fear of looking after things on the earth, for fear, comma. Fear is the number one reason for heart failure. You get to looking at the problems. You get to looking at other things. You get to looking at the world economy. You get to looking at what you've done wrong, your condom, your own condemnation. You, you know, I'm not good enough. How could I? Well, no wonder he isn't healing me. No wonder my finances are a mess. No wonder. You, you can look at a thousand things. That's all fear. And what that causes you to do is quit. Heart failure, spiritually speaking, is giving up, quitting, looking, looking for another way besides God. Anybody ever looked for another way besides God? I'll tell you what, when I had the business in trouble, I looked at everything. Man, I was looking under rocks for money, man. Anything. Hey, when you're in trouble, you were look for anything. Men's hearts fail them and they quit when they quit looking at God and quit putting the right things in their heart because what you look at is now what's going in your heart. And what you look after... Anybody ever, anybody ever said to you, hey, I'm going out for a while. Will you look after my dog? What are they saying? I want you to care for it. I want you to care about it. I want you to take care of it. Right? That will cause your, house, your, your heart to fail. If you start looking, not at the dog. You should have catch somebody's dog. But if you start looking and taking cares of the world, if it starts being, you start watching the 6 o'clock news and judging your life by it, you're going crazy tomorrow, okay? You're looking at the wrong thing. There are people being saved by the thousands today. That's the good news. There is good news that they're never going to tell. If you sit around watching bad news and looking after the things that are coming on the earth, your heart will fail. You'll quit. You'll give up. In, in the same type of a passage in Matthew... In Matthew uh, 24, in verse 12, it says, Because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What's he saying? Because people get their eyes on all the bad things happening, their love will grow cold. You can't operate in this earth without the love of God as a Christian. It's not a possibility. You cannot be effective. You have lost your treasure when your love grows cold. You, we never get the opportunity to look at a situation and say, that's hopeless. Christians don't get that in their vocabulary. There's no such thing as hopeless. When Jesus looked at the world, it didn't matter how much iniquity He saw. He said, sheep without a shepherd. Harassed and helpless. I can help. Huh? Jesus always had passion and compassion. He never let His love grow cold. We can never look at the way things are going and, begin, and let that be what our heart decides. We, if you begin to look at everything that is around you, that's what will be in your heart. But when we keep our eyes on this, on God's Word, on God's truth, on God's faith, on God's encouragement, on God's hope, on God's joy, on God's love, on the things of God, when we begin to see everything this way and for this reason, then we will be full of treasure at all times, ready to distribute the good thing that's in us. Amen? But we've got to protect our heart. This, you've got to protect your heart from your love growing cold. You've got to protect your heart from fear and looking after the things of the earth. You have to protect your heart. Right? Proverbs 4. Everybody go to Proverbs 4. We're not going to lose our passion for the things of God, are we? See, it's, it's not about sitting in church. It's about your heart while you're sitting in church. Okay? I don't care if you came to church on Sunday. Did you love the Lord your God with all your heart? Did you get excited when you heard you had something in you that other people could use? Did you get excited when, God, when, you, when you heard that God wanted to use you to help others? Did, did the passion of God flow through you? And, and did you get a fire under you that says, Oh, i got to get out of here. You know, when you're in church and you get excited, you should want to get out of church. Why? Everyone here is saved.
or the majority of us, and the rest of us, before you leave here, good news. You're in the right place at the right time. Right? We should get excited about God because our hearts should already be full and then this begins to go in them and now we're overflowing. Amen? Because we're going to protect our hearts with what's in it and what goes in it. Amen? God thought it was really important. He said in uh, verse 21 of Proverbs 4, I'm sorry, 20, says, My son, attend to my words. He's not just saying listen to them. He's saying attend to them. He said, take them, keep them, make them yours. Attend to them. Right? If you had somebody watching your dog, would you want them to love them the way you loved them? Okay, if you're not a dog lover. If you had somebody watching your cat. Oh, let me go, let me go, let me go further. If you had somebody watching your kids, would you want them to be loved the way you loved them? If you got somebody watching their words, he wants you to love his words the way his words love. I said that just the way I meant it too. He wants you to love his words the way his words love. And then love with his words the way he loves. Amen? Attend to his words. Make them yours. Incline your ear to him. In other words, I don't care what's going on over here. Listen to me. I don't care if you're in the noisiest room in the world. Hear the Father. I remember when we were kids, we could be playing blocks and blocks away. And my dad whistled. He still can whistle like this. And we could hear him. Why? Because we knew if we didn't come pretty quick after that whistle... The next thing you heard was the snap of the belt. We came on the whistle. But we had our ear inclined to it. didn't matter how much noise was going on around us. Our ear was inclined to hear that whistle. That's what he's saying. He's saying it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's, uh, what other people are saying over here. Incline your ear to what I'm saying. Hear what I know. Hear what, I, I, what truth is. Hear from the heart of God. Don't hear from the heart of man. Amen? Incline your ear unto me. And, and when we do that, we're, 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 we're opening up portals to fill your heart. Amen? Your ears. Well, how's faith come? Hearing. Incline your... When you lose faith, you lose heart. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. That, that verse falls right after how do you get saved? You confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, right? Hearing is the first portal, and it's how you get things in your heart. Amen? And then he says, don't let them depart from your eyes. In other words, don't look at someone. Once I say something is this way, look at it this way. Don't let it depart from your eyes. And what's he saying? He's not just saying, look at my word. He's saying, see my word. You know what? When you got and drove down the strip today, you looked at a lot of things, but the things you saw, you spoke about. You understand? You passed a whole bunch of billboards, but the ones that caught your eye, you said, hey, did you see that billboard? There was, there's two billion billboards in Branson. And you said, did you see that one? You had to be specific. Why? Well, you had to see it. God's not just saying, don't let it depart from your eyes. He's saying, see what it says understand what I'm saying to you. It's like listening and hearing. There can be a bunch of noise around, but if you'll listen, somebody says, oh, wait, 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 listen, there it is. Then you stop and you actually listen for what that noise was. Right? Don't let it depart from your eyes. And then, the most important thing, keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because that's where you keep your treasure. That's where the good man's treasure is. And he's saying, I'm going to fill you up with treasure. Let it in your ears, it'll go to your heart. That's where the good man's treasure is. And then he explains why he needs that treasure in your heart in the very next verse. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Life to you, yes, but life to everyone who finds them through you. He was speaking to his son in this verse. He wanted his son not only to have these words, but to use these words. And as he used these words, they were not only life to him, they were life to those who found them. And they were health to all their flesh. What's he saying? They're life to you and they're good for you. And they're life to others and it's good for others. 
the word's not just for you. If you're only listening today because it's okay, because you need it, switch gears for me a little bit. Listen for what you need and then grab a little extra for someone else. Okay? Because treasure's only treasure when it's valuable to others. You could treasure it all your life and everybody say, that's junk. But when other people want it, then it's valuable. Right? It could be, well, it's worth two cents to you and you love it and you keep it all your life. But then when it becomes valuable to other people, now it's worth millions. Because other people want it. Make your treasure valuable. Get it in your heart. Right? And understand it's not just there for you. Don't be a dam. Be a conduit. Right? Everything we get as a Christian should flow through us. You know, people say, every time I get money, God says, give it to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You're a Christian, right? Give, and it'll be given. Give, and it'll be given. Give, and it'll be given. What's he saying? Keep it flowing, and it'll keep going. Amen? Amen? That's what we do with this Word. We give, and He gives us more. And we give, and He gives us more. We serve a good God. He's got a good plan. Amen? Keep it in the midst of your heart for life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. Anyone that will hear. Anybody. That's what I'm saying. When you get a passion for God, you're carrying around life and health in you to give to others. Anyone who will find it. Doesn't mean you'll talk to everyone and everyone will receive. But there will be somebody looking for it. Somebody's looking for you to tell them how good God is. And when they hear it from you, it'll be like they never heard it before. Why? Because you're who was supposed to do it. Glory to God. Isn't that a good person to be? Thank you, Lord. Life to those who find it. Health to all their flesh. And then he says, then he goes back to your heart. He said... Keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it are the issues of life. What's he saying? If you listen to what I just said, if you see what I... Keep keep it in your ears, keep it in your eyes, then what you have in you is the very life of God. And what you have in you is the greatest treasure the earth would ever know. Amen? And so keep it. The, the NIV, what's the NIV say? It says guard it, I think. NIV. Above all else, guard your heart. In other words, don't let nothing take this out of your heart. Don't get in fear. Don't wax cold. Don't start looking after other things in the earth. Don't get tired. Don't quit. No, this isn't what you do. You refire. You get stronger. You get, you get encouraged. You get more bold. Amen? Because you are carrying the treasure the earth needs. I don't care how much money someone has, you got what they need. And you should walk around every day with that thought in your mind and in your heart. I have what the world needs. You have the answer. Glory to God. People say, me? Yeah, you. Me. Crazy, huh? Cool. 24. Here's how you do it. He told you to guard your heart, to keep it with all diligence. First way, watch what you say. Perversity. He's not talking about cussing. He's talking about speaking anything contrary to His Word. No, you don't want to cuss, but perverse means untrue to His truth. Right? Now, we got too many people speaking bad about themselves. But we got other people speaking bad about everybody. You, your heart will grow tired because what you're speaking about you and, your, and others is what you're also hearing. You're the first person that hears you. Yeah. And if you're speaking junk, you're getting full of junk. It doesn't matter what somebody else is saying around you. If you're speaking, your head's rattling way too loud to hear them. Right? It's time to start speaking good about you. It's time to start speaking the Father's 
Why? He says, keep corrupt talk. What's corrupt? Corrupt is something that breaks down, that, that, that destroys. He's saying, keep that from your lips. Well, what's the other verse? It says, no corrupt communication. No corrupt communication. What's that mean? If your brother does something that bugs you, shut up or say something nice. Better to say something nice. It's not so much what you don't say as what's what you do say. You know, a lot of people just keep their mouth shut. Well, that isn't helping anybody. The power is you've got to get the good out of you. How are you going to get it out of you? Saying the same way, his, the, same way the Father gets it to you. So not saying anything is not enough. You've got to start speaking things. When you know somebody's upset you, when you know that that's the perfect time to start speaking words of love over them. Try it in your own house. Try, to, try it with your husband or your wife or your kids. <laughs> and we can try it with Ramsey. She is a great daughter. She is a great daughter, actually. She cleans her room every time she leaves. <laughs> she is becoming so responsible in everything she does because God is prompting her to do the right things and not to be careless. You know, it's, you, you say, well, that's not true. It's the truth. I don't need to speak what's true. I need to speak what's truth. Okay? I don't want what I have. I want something different. Words of life produce life. Words of death produce death. Out of the good treasure in a good man's heart, he produces good things. When we begin to speak good things, we will reap good things. When I speak of my brother, if I don't speak right, I don't care what his attitude. If I see somebody that's got a bad attitude, that's a better time. Man, you just blessed me, brother. You know, Greg is one of the greatest people that I've ever been around. He, it just blesses me, brother, that every time I'm around you, you encourage me. Your joy is always high. And he's sitting there like this. And, and your joy is in... You, the joy of the Lord is your strength, brother. And you will do great things today because the love of God is flowing in you and through you. And he'll be sitting there. By the time you're done, he'll be like, maybe he's right. <laughs> Why? Words of life. Good treasure. No froward mouth, no perverse tongue, no corrupt talk. Right? Only the goodness of God. Let thine eyes look right on. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. What's Psalm 91 7 say? It says, Thousand are fallen at this side, ten thousand at your right hand. Why do you want to look at either one of those sides? It says, Keep your eyes straight on. Why? Because the thousand are falling over here and ten thousand over here. You start looking at that, you could become one of the thousand or the ten thousand. But the rest of the verse says it won't come near you. Keep your eyes on the Word. Read the whole verse and keep the part that applies to you. The part that applies to you is it won't come near you. A thousand are over here and ten thousand are over here. It won't come near you. Why? You need to keep your eyes. It's important for you because you're keeping your heart. You're guarding your treasure. Guess what? What if you could get one of those 10,000 or one of those 1,000 out of there by what you had in here? Amen? We're not looking to the right or the left. We don't need another answer. There's nothing greater than God. People are trying to come up with answers all over the place, all over the world. They're coming up with new doctrines. They're coming up with new gods. And if that God's not big enough, they get one more. I forget what religion it was. They were telling me they had millions of gods. I'm like, a million? And you know what? If that's not enough, they'll add one tomorrow. We got one... And He is the God and the Most High God. And He is the answer for every problem. And we have Him dwelling in us and through us. And when we hear and we see and we talk right, we protect His goodness in us. And we're able to give His goodness out of us. Amen? And those that have all those gods, they'll see our one great God. And they'll say, Nuts to you! Give me the good God. I'll take the good package. Right? Because our good treasure is showing forth. 
Because we refuse to move our eyes. We refuse to look at anything else. And when we see things, we see them through His love. We don't see them as they are. We see them through His love. He didn't see you as you were. He saw you through His love. He said, this is what my love can do in Dave. Right? He's like, this is Dave. This is Dave with my love. Right? That's how He sees us all. And he says, you can see every situation starting in your own life. Start seeing you through my love. And then as you start seeing you through my love, begin to see others through my love. See your household. See your husband and your wife through my love. See your kids through my love. See your church and family members through my love. Then see the world through my love. Why? Because they're not hopeless. They have a great hope, Jesus Christ. And I'm ready at any given moment to give answer for the hope that lies within me. Amen? Because why? It's the greatest treasure ever. It's the greatest treasure ever. Amen? I'm not turning my eyes, are you? Protecting my heart. I got good treasure in there. I may get extra guards for my heart. I may hire some people. (laughs) Verse 26 says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. In other words, where are you going today? What are you doing? What's your plan? Have you asked God? <laughs> yeah. Think about it, guys. Every day we wake up, God has a plan for us. We are a purpose going somewhere to happen. Amen. You're, you're a child of God with the greatest treasure ever inside you. And you think He's wasting you for one day? No! You're the tool of choice for somebody that day. Amen? And when we walk out, we should ponder the path of our feet. Okay, Lord, this is what I've got to do today. Show me if there's something different. Show me if a different direction. Direct me. Show me. um, Why am I doing it? Why am I acting this way? Why am I reacting this way? Am I, am I doing this because of fear? Am I going this direction because, because it's better for me? You know, I told him this morning, if God says eat at IHOP, I don't care if you wanted pancakes today, go eat at IHOP. Right? Yeah, but you don't understand. I was going to go to Chili's. I don't care. Where you're needed, where your treasure is of most use is at IHOP. People say, well, God doesn't. God cares immensely about that. Somebody was praying for somebody that works in the IHOP and you're going to bless their life today and you may be the reason they come to the knowledge of Christ. Or you may just be the next nudge. I don't need the one that be the one that leads the prayer, but I'll be the one that nudges them to the one that leads the prayer. I don't care how they get there. I just want them there. Amen? Glory to God. Ponder, let your, make sure your way is firm. In other words, make sure your way is His way. That it's rooted and grounded in His Word. And that you're doing the things that He's called you to do that day. And everybody says, well, I may not be called to go to work that day. No, He said if you don't work, you don't eat. He's called you to work every day. But you know what? Your work is just another field for Him. Your job is just another field. I'm not saying go around and talk about God when your boss said don't. That's wrong. But use every opportunity to bring love wherever you're at. You don't have to preach, you don't have to preach out and give people verses to love on them. People will wonder why you're weird without a verse. And then they'll ask you later. And you'll say, oh, you want to know why I'm weird? I am so peculiar and I have a zeal for the love of God. And I know how much He loves you. Glory to God. You'll get opportunity if your ways are firm. Amen? Glory to God. Let your ways be established. Verse 27, turn not to the right or the left. We already talked about that. What's on the right and the left? thousand and ten thousand. What's he saying? He's saying, stay on the path I've made for you. Don't look over here. What happened to Peter when he looked to the right and the left? He sank. He was walking on water. Anybody in here ever walked on water? I tried it in my pool. I just went straight down. (laughs) Peter was walking on the water. And he went like this, and he went like this. 
when he should have went like that. Now, we don't got no stones to throw at Peter because you ain't walked on the water. We can see what little faith does because Jesus said that him after that. He said, little faith. I'm like, man, give me some little faith. <laughs> My faith might not even be little because I sank. No, I, was, I wasn't really trying. <laughs> Point being, little faith can walk on water. Amen? If we don't get our, get our eyes to the right or to the left. Right? On the right's the 6 o'clock news. On the left's the, the business report. In front of us is Jesus Christ, right? Who has given us the victory over all things, right? Who prospers us, who who met, who meets all our needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. He, we we and before us is the answers, not to the right, not to the left. That's not where the answers are. That's where ten thousand are falling and a thousand are falling, right? We're not going that way. Why? See, we want to see God's whole plan. And so we're like, well, I see you up here, but I need to look around because there's got to be more. You don't need to know God's whole plan. You'll get scared if you hear His whole plan. Did I, did I tell you that I never dreamed of being up here 11 years ago? And if He had told me, I would have quit this church. I would have. I wasn't ready for His whole plan. And I don't know what I'll be doing 11 years from now, and I don't want to. I'm happy with stepping what's before me and staying on the path. Glory to God. Just because you don't see how the plan's going to work out, trust the planner. He's never failed, and He loves you, and He is love which never fails. So what's your possibility of failing if you keep your eyes on Him? This isn't a trick question. Zero is the right answer. Star for them. Don't turn to the right or the left. There's a parallel path that the devil will try to get you on. I was in Tampa. I was telling them in the, this in the first service this past week because I stayed in Florida and went to there Friday night. And, uh, but we were in Tampa, and we got off on this one road, and there was another road running parallel to it just over it. I mean, for a long ways. And uh, Dan was with us, and he said, yeah, you got to pay to be on that road. But he said, on that road, you just go. On this road, there was construction, and there was turns and twists, and there was all kinds of stuff in your way. And it hindered you from getting where you wanted to go. But if you were on the high road, that's the road that Jesus paid the price for us to be on. Amen? The high road. The road where you see everything you're supposed to do, where you pass by and get to everything you're supposed to be, where you, you're on the high road where you don't get hindered and drugged down by the little things. There's no construction in your way. There's not people with cones. There's nothing. You're on the high road. Right? You don't, and you know what you see if you look to the right or the left? If you're on the high road? Him. Because that's all He is. He's on the right and left and He surrounds you because He's on the high road. If you're down on the low road, you've got to look up to see Him. And then you look around you and everything, you see roadblocks and road crews and holes and gates and bars and don't go here and don't go there. you got all kinds of... It was. It was even a bad road. I'm not lying. It took longer to get where we were going on that road. Now, if God has somewhere for you to go and it takes you longer to get there than he had planned, are you going to miss what he had for you to do? Yes, you are. <laughs> if you're supposed to be there at 6 and you don't get there till 6.10, there's a good chance you're going to miss the hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Stay on the high road. Stay on the high road. Don't turn your eyes to the right. Don't turn your eyes to the left. Keep your foot from evil. What's he saying? Keep your foot from doing wrong? He said keep your foot from being in the wrong place. Not just doing wrong, being in the wrong place. When you step, know that you're stepping on the will of God in faith. No matter what's under you, it's firm. It's His Word. It's His way. And I don't have to be concerned. I'm going with Him. Amen? I'm operating in His love on His time. Glory to God. Does that make sense? Think about Jairus. Jairus' daughter was sick, went and found Jesus, found the Word. Jairus went and found the Word. 
Why? It's life to those who find it and health to all their flesh. Jairus went and found the Word. He said, come, and she'll be well. Jesus said, I'm going, following him. Lady stops him. You know, I'm, I'm a dad, so I'm sitting there thinking, lady, can you be quiet? Jesus was just coming with me. You've interrupted this whole thing. Can you please be quiet? We don't. We understand you're healed. Great. Blah, blah, blah. Go, go. <laughs> Jairus did not do that. <laughs> Dave would have. Dave's growing, though. He might not. <laughs> Jairus didn't do that. Jairus just sat. All of a sudden, these people, some of his people come and they say, oh, don't, don't bother the master. Your daughter's dead. Jairus immediately had the opportunity for heart failure right there. Jesus turned around and said, don't be afraid. What's the, first, what's the number one thing that causes heart failure? Fear. Jesus turned around and said, don't be afraid. Do not. Absolutely do not be afraid. Only believe. Unbelief is the second. That's what follows fear. Heart failure. Fear and unbelief. Right? Jairus didn't say another word. What did he do? He hung on the words of Jesus. And because he did, his daughter gained life. How important is the Word of God in you? Who will gain life because you had the Word of God and you hung on to it and you refused to give up on it? Could be your daughter, could be your friend, could be somebody you don't even know. But you hung on to the Word of God and would not let go. You did not be afraid. You did not lose heart. You gained God. And you held on to your good treasure. And you took your good treasure. And you had good things. And other people had good things with you. Amen? We serve a good God. So what do we need to do? Hebrews 12, and we'll close with it. Hebrews 12, verse 2. In the NIV. NIV. What's he doing? He's telling you how to keep your heart right here. How do I know? Because I read the next verse and it talks about keeping your heart. (laughs) I cheated. I read ahead. You ever had those puzzles where you you can look at them or else you can turn over and it's written underneath it? That's what I do. (laughs) Hey, I got this all done. Hey. Why not read the end of the book first? You win. If you read the end of the book first, you'll really be excited about the rest of it. Amen? (laughs) Don't cheat on the puzzles. (laughs) You won't gain any knowledge that way. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. What's he saying? Fix your eyes on the Word. Jesus is the Word of God. Fix your eyes on who He is. Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Keep your eyes on Him. Not just keep your eyes on Him. Look at what He did. Look at what He does. He loves the unlovely. He's kind to the unkind. What are they saying? Look at Him. Do what He does. Well, I don't really like them. Look at Him and do what He does. I don't want to go there. Look at Him and go where He goes. Right? The author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy... He went to IHOP even when he wanted to go to Chili's. And you know what? He was happy about it. (laughs) Ate the pancakes instead of the steak and was happy about it. You know what? Went to the cross for you and me and was happy about it. Why? Because for the joy set before him, the love of God in his heart, he was bringing forth and producing out of that good treasure good things. Amen? And He brought forth out of His heart good things. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider Him. What's He saying? Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't consider other options. Don't entertain other ideas. These people that will read other books about what people believe about God... And I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking about other stuff. If you're doing that, stop it. Yeah. you got people that are reading mediums yeah. that write books, and they use God's name in there a couple of places, and they say, wow, I wonder if that's really real. Yeah, it's really real. It's a familiar spirit, and it's of the devil. Stay away from that's it. Right. Amen. Amen? It's power. It's the wrong kind. 
And it ain't the power of God. It ain't even close to the power of God. <laughs> Sidetrack. Sorry. Back to considering Him. This is what we consider. We consider Him. We consider His ways. We consider what He did. We consider why He did it. We consider who He is to us, what He did for us. But then we also consider what He did for everyone. Don't quit. Considering Him is attending and inclining your ear to Him. You're considering Him. Every When you consider somebody, okay, if somebody asks me to go somewhere, my first thought is, what about Kim? Why? Because... She's my wife, and I'm going to consider she's in every thought. She's in every thought. I, I can't go there. I've got to think about what she would want, what, she, what would be going on. What he's saying is consider Jesus. Every time you have a thought, your eyes, your ears, your, you look to the right or left, consider Jesus. What did he say? What did he do? How did he do it? Why did he do it? What did he have in him that caused him to be able to do it? And don't, then don't say, well, he was Jesus. No, he had the Holy Ghost. He was a man full of the Holy Ghost, just like you and me. And he's saying, consider Him. A man full of the Holy Ghost. Why do you want to consider Him that way? Because then I can be just like Him. Why? Because I want to do what He did. I want to be life and health. I want to be life to all that will find me and health to all their flesh. I want to be the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm not saying I want people to see my goodness. I want them to see God's goodness in me. Because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And when we consider Jesus, and we consider the opposition He endured, and still overcame on our behalf, He's already paid the bill, then we won't grow weary, and we won't lose heart. What's He saying? The same things Proverbs 4 just said. Keep your heart with all diligence. Consider Jesus, walk out His plan, take the good treasure that's in your heart and make a difference in your world. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Thank you, Lord. We weren't just saved so that we could go to heaven or have abundant life. We were saved so that we could be abundant life to others. We could, Jesus, we, we should shine. We should be the next thing that God shines through to wherever you're going. But we have to desire that. That has to be our passion. It can't be how quick can I get out of church and go to whatever restaurant I want to go to. It's got to be how quick can I get out of church because this is burning in me. And I want to be a witness to the world. Amen? Don't be scared. He'll do all the talking. It's His treasure that He put in you. That's why it's so good. Amen? You got something to sing, Susan?